Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. <laughs> You're stuck with me. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I'm Pastor Sam. I'm the youth pastor here at PAG. And to me, I, uh, when Pastor Aaron told me to preach, I said, uh, you're crazy. And I thought he had three heads. Uh, but he goes, no, I think you will do great. I said, all right, then we're going to do it my way. And he goes, what does that mean? I said, we're going to have fun. All right. I don't know about you, but churches should be fun, right? If you don't think that Jesus made a, or God made a platypus. Okay. I'm just saying that's a funny animal. All right. So if I could have everybody stand up, what? Just sat down. Yeah. Stand up. Okay. Now I'm going to say a letter and we're going to do a little cheer. All right. So I'm going to say, give me an A. All right, good. You can sit down. That's it. That's it. You know, you can sit down. I'm serious. <laughs> the reason why I do that is one, obviously church is supposed to be fun, but I also am a person who likes to interact with you guys. Okay. So there will be times where I'll say, uh, for instance, this is red text when it comes to scripture. What does that mean? Jesus is speaking. Jesus is talking. And we know that's important. So there's going to be times like that through the sermon that I'm going to ask you to do something and I need you, your participation. You with me? Okay, so the past few weeks, I've been uh, preparing for this message, and I'm like, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to go to? And on my heart, God said, forgiveness. I went, okay, that's an easy one, you know? Like, it's so simple. Let's do it. Started writing my sermon, and he goes, no, 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 that's all wrong. Throw it away. I went, what? God, this is, this is you. You get, came, died, you know, you forgave us. He goes, that's not where I need you to go. I said, okay. And I kid you not, for the weeks and weeks, I was like, God, I'm listening. Where am I going? There were times where I'm sitting here taking notes of whoever's preaching, but I'm like, hmm, oh, that could work. Oh, no, that's not it. And I'd erase it. And he goes, do me a favor. God said, study the forgiveness. Study it. Then we'll go. You know, the definition of forgiveness is stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. In scripture, there's 490 times it says to forgive someone. And to me, I'm like, God, what are you trying to say? This is a pretty simple concept. And he goes, exactly. It's a simple concept, but why is it so difficult for my church to do? Why is it so difficult for people to do? And that's what we're going to go to today. We're going to answer this. How can something be so simple, but so difficult? How can we as people learn how to forgive? And I'm going to repeat that. How can we as people learn to forgive? Not Christians, people. Because I believe today, 
if we're honest, it's not just the church that needs to learn to forgive. It's people in general. That's why the world is what it is today. Because no one knows how to forgive. Even when they're not the ones who made the mistake. Or the person that needs to ask for forgiveness because they're ones that made the mistake. Forgiveness is a big topic for everyone. We need to make it simple. And there's three practices that we can do to make it simple. Pretty easy? Yeah? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Let's let's try that again. Let's see if they get it. All right? There's three practices that we can do to make it simple. Ready? Good. There we go. The first practice is we need to remove the misconceptions. We need to remove the misconceptions of forgiveness. The definition of misconception is this. is an opinion based on a misunderstanding. This can be caused by other people through gossip, which, by the way, is a sin. Not a lot of people realize that. I'm calling myself out, too. This can be caused through media. We see that today. People saying one side, not both. But these misconceptions is what stops us from showing forgiveness. Well, what are a few misconceptions? This isn't every misconception. This is just a few. Ready? Forgiveness shows weakness. Anybody heard that before? I know I have. Guys, we deal with pride, right? We don't like to admit when we're wrong. But can I tell you that that there's the manliest man on the face of the planet. He wept. For those of you who don't know, Jesus. My favorite verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Why? Because it shows that as a man, I'm allowed to show my emotions. Unlike the rest of the world today who tells me I can't. I'm allowed to show my emotions, but I can't let them control me. And here, forgiveness shows weakness. Luke 23 through 34 through 35. Now, this is red text, so... Guys, thank you over here. Man, okay, let's do this again, guys. Come on. Jesus is speaking, right? So this is what text? What color? Yeah, see, I switched it up on you. You guys, there you go. You're paying attention. Now, during this part, I liked... When it comes to scripture, I want to tell you the context. Okay, I want to tell you what's happening before we get to it. Alright, so right here, Jesus is already on the cross. He's already has the uh, nails in his hands and his feet. He's dying right now, slowly, painfully, and this is what it says. Verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes, casting lots. The the people stood watching, and the uh, rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. I don't know about you, but if someone even makes fun of me, all right, or makes fun of my team, Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, sorry, I had to throw that out there. Um, Someone makes fun of my team, I'm getting angry, right? Anybody else, when they make fun of you or do something to you, you're not thinking, forgive them. 
But God, who's hanging on the cross, dying, and the first thing that he says is forgive them? Jesus right here alone shows that forgiveness is not a weakness, but it is a way of redemption by showing love to his enemies. And we must do the same. Another example of a misconception is forgiveness is easy. Forgiveness is easy. It's hard to forgive. It's simple. It's a simple concept, but it's hard to do. Acts 9, 23 through 28. Now this is Saul. For those who don't know, this is Paul before he became Paul. Okay, right here in this passage of scripture, this is right after he started murdering, peop uh, murdering people and right, uh, right after he started murdering people, right before he became Paul. So this is what's happening. He's now preaching the good news because he is now saved. He's no, not Paul yet, but he's still Saul. This is what happens. You ready? After many days have gone by. There, had, there was conspiracy among the Jews to kill him, but Saul learned of their plans. Day and night they kept close watch of the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by the night, lowered him in a basket through the opening wall. Excuse me. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, Jesus' followers, but they were all afraid of him. Not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He took them, uh, uh, he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. And now, uh, and how in De uh, Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved, uh, moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Saul, a man who killed Christians just because, right, is now converted into somebody new. And the believers who literally walked with Jesus doesn't believe him, are afraid, aren't willing to forgive Until one person, in verse 27, Barnabas, was willing to step, step out in faith and say, he's forgiven. It's hard. I doubt the disciples wanted to forgive him. He was killing who they were reaching. But isn't that how God works? We can admit people can change, yes. But it's hard to forgive the ones that hurt us the most. Especially if they hurt you the most. But that's the reason why I say these misconceptions is because it's important to know these misconceptions because then you can remember the next practice we have to do. And the next practice we need to do is remember that we are human. We are all human. We all make mistakes. I'm being the first one to admit 
I've made mistakes. What? You're a pastor. Yeah. I'm a human too. I go through temptations. I go through struggles. But I know that because of my past, I am redeemed by God. Because of him, I am made new. I'm ashamed of what I've done, no doubt about it, but I'm not ashamed to admit it. The Bible is full of people who've made mistakes and constantly learn the word forgiveness. Israelites, how many times did they mess up and then God forgave them? Then let's go to the New Testament. Right there, we just saw the disciples now learn to forgive. The constant reminder of forgiveness is throughout the entire Bible. It's the reason why Jesus died on the cross. To forgive us of our, our sins. One person that comes to mention when I think of forgiveness. Oddly enough, David. King David. Anybody know his story? That's a crazy story. King David, if you don't know. Alright. King David, what does he do? Obviously, he kills Goliath, he becomes king, and all this stuff with Saul. He's a man after God's own. There you go, guys. I'm proud of you. We're working. He's a man after God's own heart. But what happens? He sleeps with another man's wife, proceeds to have the man killed, and then kind of tries to cover it up in secret, right? The guy that we said was what? After God's own, does that? What? <laughs> and we usually end with the story there, but the story doesn't end there. Here, 2 Samuel 12. This is David mentioning he has sinned and was forgiven by God. This is Na prophet Nathan came to call out David. This is what happens. You ready? This is Nathan talking in verse 12. You did in secret, but I will do this thing, excuse me, in broad daylight before all Israel. Prophet Nathan is saying this to David, what God is saying. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. He admitted that he was wrong. And what did God do? Forgive. We can end it there, but I don't want to. I don't want to. Because God kind of put this on my heart too, because this is going through many different churches. Bear with me. We're going to keep this story going. Because that's, we could end it there. But what happens? Well, literally in the next couple chapters, we hear about David's sons. Okay? David had many wives. And he had many different children. On this side, his son forcibly slept with David's daughter. The brother of the daughter, go, of the, his daughter, yes, sorry. The brother of the daughter goes, David, you're going to do something? Oh, you're not? Okay, fine. Heck, kills him. 
And then he starts getting afraid and he runs. But David knows what the prophet Nathan said and he knew this was coming. Not in this extent, but he knew. Pastor Sam, where are you going with this? Bear with me. 2 Samuel 15 through 31. Now David had been told, Ahithophel is among the conspiracy, uh, conspirate, man, every, I know, every time, conspirators with Absalom. So David prayed, Lord, turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. That's not pretty forgiving. But there's a reason. Here's why. Ahithophel was one of David's right-hand mans, one of his wide count, wise man counsels. If you want to put it in perspective, if David was the pastor, this is Ahithophel, he was a board member. Okay? He then decided to go work with Absalom, the son who just murdered a dude, to usurp, to take away David's kingdom. Okay, where are you going? Here's the crazy part. Do you know who Ahithophel is? Bathsheba's grandfather. Who's Bathsheba? The woman that David slept with. What? This story's better than reality TV! Why do I mention this? Sam, this, Pastor Sam, this doesn't mean anything about forgiveness. You're right. But if we aren't willing to forgive, bitterness and anger comes in. Bitterness, anger, hatred, division. And church, can I be honest with you? There's a lot of that happening in many different churches across America. Because no one's willing to forgive someone. We hide behind... Mm, oh, I'm going there. We hide behind the word and phrase church hurt. Church hurt is real. Okay? It's a real thing. However, we need to remember that it is not God that hurt us. It is people. I don't... <laughs> Pastor Michael, you would like this, uh, this illustration. Guitar Center, right? Guitar Center, if you don't know, is a place where all the musical instruments are there. Yeah, I know. I don't go there often. Guitar Center. Is there always like a, fi uh, like a fifth grader or fourth grader playing on the guitar somewhere in the uh, uh, like building? And they're playing some like crazy, trying to do something crazy on the guitar, like something from Guns N' Roses or Aerosmith. And you're always like, man, that's what their music sounds like? No, you don't go like that. You don't question in their music because a fourth grader. The same thing we do with church. We question God because of what someone did in the church. That's not true. That's not God. God is a guy of loving. I'm sorry that someone hurt you, but guess what? The church is filled with a bunch of hurting people. I don't know about you, but there's times in my... I'll go this week. I've been hurt. But why do we come to church? 
Because we know there is one person that we are all together to worship and that we are redeemed and loved and given hope in. And can I be honest with you? Because this is what one of my favorite pastors taught me. The church is full of hurting people. And hurting people hurt people. Whether they mean to or not. And that's why it's important to remember that we are all human. And that's why it's important to forgive even when they hurt you. Again, it's hard to do. But how can we do that? Well, we need to stop causing division and tension and anger. We need to build each other up. See, when we get divided, and this is not just here, church, this is church in general. When we get divided and focus on the hurt, we lose sight of what God has called us. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of the hurt. I'm sick and tired of the division. Could you imagine a church willing to let aside the differences, learn to forgive? You know the impact that they could have? You know how many people could be saved? I don't know about you, but I would love to see new faces here at Painesville Assembly. Ooh, he just called us out. I don't know about you, but I want to I wanna get more people in the kingdom of God. Anybody else? And that starts with us. How are you going to do it? What are you going to do? The third practice we need to do is rebuild the connections. Rebuild the connections. What does it mean here? Well, we need to learn to bring back the unity. Because when you forgive, it brings back things into your own life. It brings back healing. John 21, 15 through 17. This is Peter. Den- this is right after Peter denied Jesus. See, Jesus, when he was escorted, Peter goes, I don't know that man. I don't know that man. I do not know that man. Then Jesus dies. And what happens? He comes back. But Peter, he's not with the other disciples when Jesus comes to the disciples. No, he's going back to what he used to do, which was fishing. Jesus came and saw him, told him to cast the net on the other side, just like he did in the beginning when he first called him. And Peter 
once he got the fish, he knew, and it says he jumped into the water and swam to see him. And this is what happens next. John 21, 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. There's a lot that goes on here. Where we can be Peter. Where we've denied Jesus, we need to forget, need forgiven. Or hey, Jesus saying, hey, help out. Feed my sheep. Bring people to church. But I, I think there's, again, there's a lot that goes in here. But in this moment, the one thing is clear. Jesus redeemed Peter by asking him a simple question. Do you love me? Because Jesus was willing to forgive Peter. People need love. That's why the world is where it is. No one understands what love truly is. So they're finding love in any, many different things. But we're called to love people and be the light in the world. Yet why aren't we doing it? We have a moral obligation to be the light that shows forgiveness and what it truly means to be loved. The next thing it brings is it brings healing. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. <coughs> their needs. And it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ has forgiven you. We need to remove the bad fruit and bring in the good fruit. What's the good fruit? Love, joy, peace, We need to remove that bad fruit and bring in the good fruit because that leads to God. We need to learn to forgive, love, care for people. 
We need to stop making forgiveness difficult and make it simple. I'm going to close out with a story. Okay. If you don't know, I am a pastor's kid. Meaning my dad was a pastor. My dad was actually a youth pastor for more than 20 years. He now is a lead pastor here in Ohio. And I love my dad. And that we were at this church. Not this church, but we were at a church. And my dad, we were there for, I want to say, seven years. My dad was the youth pastor there for seven years. And I saw my dad work hard. And work consistently. So much to the point where... I didn't see him come home because he, he knew the importance of him being there. I played baseball and, and there was times where he showed up, but I told him if he doesn't show up, I understand because I knew the importance of him being at the church. So when my dad was, when my dad was told he was fired, it wrecked me. Because he came up to me first. Before he told anybody else in my family. Which I thought was crazy. But he told me one thing. He said, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you before anybody else. Because I know you're going into ministry. And I want you to know this difficulty and the circumstances that come into ministry. I was so happy and proud of my dad. But I was so bitter at this church and angry at this church. How could you do that? A man who literally did all of this and you did this to him. Fast forward a couple weeks. I had three close friends when I was at this church and one of them told the other two that my dad deserved to be fired. I get a phone call from one of the friends he told. He goes, I just want you to know this was said. I don't know how it feels. I don't know how to handle this, but I just want you to know. I thought you should know. And I said, thank you. Kept my composure, said thank you, and I hope to see you soon. I hope we can play a video. I don't know what it was. And I hung up the phone, and immediately I started crying. Because a friend, someone that I called a friend, someone that I called a brother, told me that or said that. It hurt. I held on to the bitterness and anger I had towards that church all throughout my college years until the day of my wedding. 
And God said, look out to all those people. And I looked out and saw all those people sitting in the chairs. And I noticed something. And he didn't even have to say it. The friend that, sh- the friend that I've had, who should have been there, wasn't there. Because I wasn't willing to forgive him. I never talked to him again. I stopped following him on social media. Every time someone would bring up his name, I just ignored and moved past it. Because that's what happens when you're bitter. That's what happens when you're angry. The church, I didn't want to go to it because when I went down to Florida, people were like, yeah, come on, come visit. No. I was angry. And I wouldn't let go until the wedding day. And I realized that I'm wrong. See, the same pastor who taught me the churches are full of hurting people, he taught me another thing. He said, you can be 100% right and 100% wrong by how you do it. I was 100% right to be mad. I was 100% to be angry. But I'm wrong because I didn't learn to forgive him. And I didn't even reach out to him when he did make the anger. Because in Matthew 18, it talks about what? Go and talk to the person who's messed up. So as we go into worship, ask God, who is it that you need to forgive? Maybe you already know who you need to forgive. Or maybe you're the person who needs to ask for forgiveness. The prayer team is going to be on the front. And I want to take this moment to acknowledge one thing. That after what happens here, after you learn to forgive, after you ask for forgiveness, we move forward. Because we need to rebuild. We need to bring back unity. Whether it's through friendships, through family, through it's your job. Will you stand with me and let's get into worship. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.